Good morning to all of you, and welcome to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is the first Friday Sacred Heart Hour here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, brought to you live from St. Gabriel Catholic Studios. And this is Father Stosh Daly, joined by Chuck and Joanne Wilson here in the studios. Good morning. Good morning, Father. It's already Advent, and it's already the month of December, and we are so blessed to begin with this first Friday dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And we invite you to join us in entering into the morning offering prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation of sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Here we are again. Here we are. <laughs> We're ready. All right. We have so much to cover in this first Friday Sacred Heart Hour, not the least of which is to discuss the beautiful and holy season of Advent, within which we find ourselves presently, but also to invite all of you to consider uh, the beauty of the Sacred Heart in your life at this moment, in this hour, on this first Friday, as well as during the season of Advent, and throughout all of the life of the Church, the year of grace that we live. We are so blessed because we're coming off this really high mark, yes, this high are. water mark, having just finished the uh, seventh annual Congress of the Sacred Heart last month. And uh, we are receiving so many beautiful comments and feedback from all of you, our listeners here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. And, uh, you know, Chuck and Joanne, what, what were your highlights? What were Largest your favorite moments? Largest group ever. You know, I think St. Michael's first. Yes, uh, thank you, St. Michael. Just the staff and the support, the music, the cantor, uh, everything was was just perfect. And Father DeNovo and his staff really just opened the doors. And I thought, so the, the hospitality was outstanding, Father. And I also thought the sisters. Oh, yes. It was leading oh, the rosary. Yes. <laughs> yeah. it, it was like that. that. That led the whole... Congress, sure, yes. Yeah, and uh, so forth. And the people singing. Right. The church was just resounding with people participating. Filled with people who singing. love. It was yes. filled with people who love. It's people like, who were definitely paying attention. Why can't we do this every Sunday? <laughs> it really it was great was. grace filled. And it was, you know, I'm not saying numbers, but it was full. It was Absolutely. Full. Yeah, it, it, the yeah. whole church was <laughs> totally full. full. And yeah. uh, so forth. And I also thought, Father, your homily. On the heart of Jesus is a source of reform, hope, and conviction. And can you share a little bit again? Uh, I know you don't have that half hour. I just had that look in my face like, what? <laughs> do, you, do you recall it, Father? Oh, you know, we're called to live in the present moment, aren't we, Chuck? Yes, we are. <laughs> you know, I think that the Congress was so beautiful because it gave an opportunity for people to come together and to focus on the Sacred Heart. And it has grown out of and also feeds mm-hmm. into this hour, you know. And so if you're listening and you're joining us for this hour, perhaps for the first time, this hour is dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And, you know, we're entering into the season of Advent. We're talking about the most recent Congress of the Sacred Heart, which was just held last month. And um, the whole purpose of this is to help people bring the Sacred Heart into their homes, into their lives, and into their souls, primarily through the image that our Lord gives to us of his heart, of his heart of Christ, you know, the, the beauty and the divinity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And uh, the homily from the Congress of the Sacred Heart, that Mass, it was really just 
it was an attempt to make sure that each one of us understand uh, the Lord has made himself available to us. And we have to rise up to the occasion to invite him in. In a personal way. Yes, and we have to make sure that we mm-hmm. open ourselves, open our own hearts mm-hmm. and our homes to that. And, uh, you know, the Sacred Heart of Jesus is a source of reform. It's a source of change within us. You know, the Lord says, I will give you all the graces needed, necessary for state in life. And it's like, who, av- who among us doesn't need that uh, openness, but also that added grace? Uh, you know, just yesterday there was something happening and, Someone said, Father, you need a pay raise. And I said, no, I need a grace raise. <laughs> I need more <laughs> grace for this. Well you know? And it's so Don't true. We, we just have to open ourselves up to the grace that God is giving us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, anything that might have been said in the homily was just meant to kind of uh, challenge and invite all of us, priests, lay, religious, all of us alike and to open ourselves to that. And we can't hear it too many times. Right. And people who have missed the Congress, which you, there's nothing like being there personally. But then I remind them, you can go on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio archives, and you can listen to the talks. Well, it's very much like the conferences. You know, you're there, and there's Mm -hmm. an excitement. There's a charge in the air. And you're listening, and you're paying attention. But then sometimes you're thinking, now, wait a minute, what was just said at the other talk? And you go back, and you want to hear it again. And you want to hear it again. And that's where Catholic Radio is such a gift. They've got it archived, so please... You know, if you were not able to join us in person, uh, if you weren't able to be hit with that wall of grace in the church like all of us were, then please visit the archives here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and listen to some of the talks. I mean, Emily and Dave Mm -hmm. both just hit it out of the park. I mean, absolutely. It was wonderful. I think they were such a compliment because Emily just being in the middle of raising seven children and family life, you know, and the woman is more the heart. And, you know, the the husband that I thought was a beautiful compliment Absolutely. with his yeah, uh, history. Sure. And, and and he really hit home the point that the Lord is working Absolutely. overtime here in central Ohio. Yeah. I mean, the Lord has, he is just giving that grace raised to all of us here. You know, well, adoration. Columbus is the heart of it all, Father. We can't I thought that was Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> We're at the heart of the heart. We're at the heart of the heart. For for those just tuning in, uh, we're talking about Dave Carroll. We just got rained in. We're we're talking about about David Carroll, and uh, he talked on the history of the Sacred Heart. And really, I think, really set the stage, because that's a question everybody has. Absolutely. Where, where, where does this come from? Yeah, absolutely. You know, is this something Father Stoss started? Or in is our, this old, yeah. uh, right. you know, is this yeah, pre-Vatican right. II? <laughs> right, no, and, absolutely. And, and Emily Jaminette talked about living the life transformed by the Sacred Heart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think, Father, that word of hope really absolutely. generated mm-hmm. for me right. out of the whole Congress. And we all need hope today. Yeah. You know, one of the things that really struck me uh, during the Congress was when Emily was speaking, and she was going back to, I think it was Father Larkin, and mm-hmm. he went to do an enthronement, and he showed up for the enthronement of the Sacred Heart to help this family make the heart of Christ the center of their lives. And he showed up, and the husband, the father, was a bit gone. You know, uh-huh. he was there, but he was suffering from the effects of what he had been drinking earlier. And the mother was so embarrassed. You know, and she's like, should we cancel? Should we do it without him? And he said, does this happen a lot? And unfortunately, it was the case. Mm. And she said, yes. And he said, well, then this is what has to be done. You know, we because the Lord comes here. We can't put on false pretenses. We right. can't pretend to be somebody we're not, especially with the Lord. You know, and the the eagerness, the desire, the brokenness of that home, 
that home needed the heart, not in a way that it wasn't, but in a way that it was. And Father Francis Larkin, who was one of the great apostles of the Sacred Heart in our own country, a beautiful priest, totally dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and working hard to bring every household under the banner of Christ's love and his Sacred Heart, you know, he helped that. And when Emily said that in the church, for that just really, really, it's almost like it pierced me. It's like well, I think the Lord wants to be in the point. middle of it, you know? We, we, you know, the Lord wants to come to your home as is. Exactly. He doesn't want to maybe stay like that. <laughs> so, he's not looking for a parade of homes model, you know? Exactly. He's looking for the place where you live, you know? And then he might start moving furniture. He might. You know, he might start moving things out around. a little bit. But, or a lot. you know, um, Gloria Anson who was one of our speakers at the women's conference. Another great apostle of the Sacred Heart here. A great apostle. Incredible. And she said that the reminder of when we have the enthronement, Jesus comes as a reminder. It's not that he's not there. Right. Who hasn't been there. Yeah. But there is a new way. There is an official welcoming him. There is an outpouring of grace. But we get the grace to respond to him. Yeah. And so, you know, he's always there for us but we need more grace as you say father i need Absolutely. a little grace you know get that grace raise. Get that <laughs> grace raise and that's what he wants to do Absolutely. for us and for those that are looking for more grace you can call in right now <laughs> oh thank you chuck 614-459-4821 and uh ask any questions certainly at this time uh, if you're interested in enthronement, we can take the information. Uh, the people here at St. Gabriel Radio will uh, answer the phones and take your information. And we will have a missionary of the Sacred Heart follow-up. And what Father and Joanne are talking about is on the enthronement. And part of the enthronement we're going to get to in a moment because it's really part of Advent, Father. It's perfect totally. for Advent. Absolutely. And as we talk about welcome and preparation and enthronement and honor, maybe, Father, help us look at both of those in regards to Advent time and the enthronement. Absolutely. And once again, if you have any questions about the Sacred Heart or desire to learn more about the enthronement of the Sacred Heart, bringing that grace into the home, please feel free to call in 614 we don't want to have a bunch of people calling the wrong number there. <laughs> oh, did you get the wrong number? I think so. It's like 614 oh, And, you know, we're in the season of Advent, this leading up to something beautiful. But, you know, talking to you, a lot of times people think that Advent is just pointing towards Christmas. It's pointing towards mm. the nativity. And that's not the case at all. Advent is its own beautiful holy season that's meant to help us prepare for the coming of the Lord. Now, a lot of us, you know, staying focused on the present moment, we're thinking coming of Jesus, coming of the Lord, birth, nativity, presence, Lord, tree, I was lights. Say, presents, <laughs> cars. And so we're looking at this more immediate thing. But truly, Advent is supposed to help us come for the, prepare for the coming of the Lord in a couple of different ways. Not only his birth, but also when he comes to claim us at the end of life, when he comes to, you know, bring everything to a beautiful close at the end of the ages. And perhaps... For us, most importantly, when the Lord comes to us in the Eucharist to prepare for the coming of the Lord. It's not just, you know, the crib. 
it's not just the cross, it's also the Eucharist. You know, the mm. beautiful preaching of uh, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Jesus comes to us in the crib, the cross, and the Eucharist. And Advent is a powerful season for us to really prepare ourselves for the ways in which the Lord will come to us at the moment he decides, not just his birth, Mm. but also at the end of our lives. And therefore, Advent, the season of Advent, a holy season, is supposed to be really a season where we prepare to live our whole life. Our whole life is supposed to be an Advent season, yearning for, expecting the arrival of, and depending upon the presence of Jesus. You know, and when you prepare for the coming of the Lord, you have this openness. You have to be open and yearning. And the season of Advent, the enthronement of the Sacred Heart, they run together. They're parallel. That when you bring the Sacred Heart Father. to the home, you got to prepare for it, you yeah. know? And so for those of you who have done the enthronement, you know mm-hmm. that part of the necessary step is preparing the way. You know, you welcome and then you prepare the way. And in Advent, that's what we're doing. We acknowledge Jesus as Lord, and then we prepare the way. And for the sacred heart of Jesus, we have to welcome the Lord into our home. We welcome him into our lives, and then we have to prepare that place, prepare the way. You know, as you said, Joanne and Chuck, <laughs> the Lord's going to come. Yeah. And he's going to come as you are, where you are, regardless of how Ready it may look. Not. Ready or not. He's coming. And then don't be surprised if he starts to adjust, move <laughs> things, you know, rearrange the furniture in the soul. And that's part of the preparation. Opening oneself up to allowing the Lord to be Lord, you know, in the enthronement process and the sacred heart of Jesus, the and devotion to. sometimes it's not always easy. Oh, I, I would love for it to be easy. I know, I but even have think it. about rearranging <laughs> so, your furniture. So, sometimes where it's like, oh, it's so you know, true. It's so but true. But it looks better after. You know, Father, Hopefully. a lot of the um, homes we go into, that question is always asked. Why do we have to prepare for seven days? Absolutely. Yeah. And when I started to put this in the perspective of Advent, yeah, I mean, it's four weeks. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so we're not asking them for <laughs> no, four weeks. It's true. We're not asking for a whole season. You no. Know? We're yeah. asking them for one week. And if you week. think about it, Chuck, it's a great thing. Anything important requires preparation. Anything powerful, beautiful, life-changing, the memories that come up, there was a period of preparation, whether it's preparing for holy matrimony, whether it's preparing for, you know, to be ordained a priest, to make your final vows as a sister, to prepare for your first holy communion, or for our students out there, you know, preparing for graduation. There is the lead-up. You have to study for it. There's a preparation and, and, period. And the gift is, is that when the missionaries come for that preparation phase to witnesses, we bring all the materials. We bring all the supplies. Can you imagine someone studying for you before an exam, and then you have all the information you need <laughs> yeah. when you take it? That's what great. we do. Yeah. I mean, the I missionaries come, they do all the studying for you, and then when the exam is there, you're ready to go. And you know, the other thing is, we do bring everything needed. Totally needed. And yep. instead of saying, okay, now you pray and you prepare for seven days, we tell them, you know, the prayers. I mean, right. we give them, they're all printed. Everything's prepared. Even how to yep. pray the rosary. Yeah. We bring rosaries if that is, yeah. you know, something that's helpful. And so it's like, just, you know, follow the trail. Really, it's just open the door. Just open the door. Open the door to your yep. home. Open the door to your heart. Open the door to your soul. And then everything is provided. And that is one of the beautiful blessings of Sacred Heart Columbus. You know, the movement we have here is that we understand the difficulties of life. We understand the burden of emotions, and we also understand that sometimes there's a real pushback. And yeah. so, you know, we are yeah. there on behalf of the Lord, with the Lord, united with the Lord, and everything is just ready to go. 
And people say, what about my children? You know, they might not really cooperate. Sure. Not a problem. Yeah. You know, it's really not about us. It's not about them. It's about welcoming Jesus. It's incredible what one open heart will do in a home. Just one open heart that opens the door to the Lord, and then he gets in there and just starts loving. And that open heart might be listening right now. Absolutely. To the radio and uh, so forth. We also have a website, sacredheartcolumbus.org, sacredheartcolumbus.org. You can come on our website. But I think, Father, as we look at Scripture, and a lot of people say, is this Scripture-based? I know you talk about the Isaiah 43, prepare the way of the Lord. And I was thinking, that's what this is doing in the home. Yeah, and it's a perfect phrase from Sacred Scripture for Advent. So that's why, I mean, this is a good, holy time of the year to bring our Lord's Sacred Heart into your home, because Isaiah, his words are being used in the daily Masses right now. Prepare the way of the Lord. Open yourself to the Lord. You know, we are a people who have dwelled in darkness. Allow the light of Christ to break that darkness. And the words of Isaiah are so powerful in the sense that they're from the Old Testament, but Isaiah, in the prophecy that the Lord gives him to share with the people, he lets us know what the signs and symbols are. Hmm. The signs and symbols are, you know, you know, what do you want? And Ahaz is like, oh, I, I can't bother the Lord. And, you know, Isaiah's like, is it not enough that you bother people? Do you also want to bother <laughs> God, too? <laughs> Can you get over yourself? Just swallow it. What is it? And Ahaz wouldn't answer. And Isaiah's is like, fine, the Lord's going to give you a sign. A virgin will conceive, and she will give birth. And, of course, everyone's like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> well, then all of a sudden, years later, years and years later, the Holy Mother, the Holy Virgin, conceives. And then we have the Christ child. We have, you know, the the beautiful, beautiful unfolding of the nativity. And from that moment on, the world has changed. So we hear the words of Isaiah, and it's for each one of us a powerful opportunity to renew that openness to the heart of Christ, to bring the heart of Christ into our lives and into our souls. And, you know, our culture is becoming more and more secular. Mm-hmm. It is really, that's why for myself, I like to do the material part really in the fall. Sure. And so this can be a time to kind of stay out of the secular. And actually prepare. I mean, and prepare. Well, that's the whole point. Yeah. But you really have to make more and more a concerted effort to bring Christ into this season, to make it a holy season, to try to, it's not like you're in a bubble and you, you know, you're not part of the world. We are part of the world, but we're part to, we're there to transform the world. Yeah. To you bring know, Christ to the world. You and know, this and again, is a great way to do it. Father, they might be saying, where does this come from? And it comes from Jesus. Himself. Yeah. Himself. He's the one who gives us his own heart. Absolutely. But he also says he wants this heart to be exposed and honored. honored. And the and, promises. Yeah. And every home to receive the 12 promises yeah. that he gave to St. Margaret Mary back in 1675. And again, as we're talking on this beautiful uh, radio station of St. Gabriel, he didn't give St. Gabriel 12 promises. (laughs) He didn't give EWTN 12 promises or the men's conference. He gave it to those that exposed and honored my my sacred heart. This is why we do this. It's because Jesus said that if you do this, you will receive all the graces we need and Part of this, Father, as we look at the promises, um, as we look at the promises, I know we wanted to talk about promise seven and eight, Father, Mm -hmm. and really help understand 
why this is so important. Well, you know, we say these promises and people might be listening like, what? Yeah. What are these promises? Yeah. <laughs> Are those those tiny little clauses that I can never read on the back of the package I just bought? No, the promises are summaries of the conversation between mm. our beloved Savior, the Lord Jesus, and St. Margaret Mary. And the promises were basically entrusted to her, but they're given to all of humanity. You know, so that's we're so grateful to have this opportunity through St. Gabriel Radio to make the Lord's words known. You know, and that's really, you know, we ask for your prayers and support for St. Gabriel Catholic Radio Absolutely. because the radio station is very much like its patron, St. Gabriel. It uh-huh. communicates God's love. Mm. And the promises are 12 summaries of the conversation between our beloved Savior and St. Margaret Mary. And sometimes they're numbered differently based on how people translate them. But in the middle of those 12, there's two that are in particular. One of them says, you know, the Lord promises that tepid souls shall become fervent. And then the very next one, fervent souls shall rise quickly to great perfection. And I remember when I uh, was a priest at St. Michael's uh, seven years ago, eight years ago, nine years ago, and I was teaching in the school. And, you know, some of the students in the junior high, we made available the sacred heart plaques to all of the children so they could take them home along with the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And uh, one of the children asked in the junior high, you know, what does it mean to say you're tepid? You know, of course, you're the teacher, and you're the priest, and you're supposed to have all the answers. You know, I'm just like a tepid, (laughs) tepid. And I think I was like, okay, tepid. And if I keep saying the word tepid, maybe I'll distract him. (laughs) And I thought, I was like, well, Matt, you know, you go home, and let's say your mom or dad is preparing dinner, and they have this pot of water that they're going to be making some pasta with, Mm. you know. Well, the water, it's it's just tepid. It's not Mm. turned on. It's not hot. It's not cold. It's just room temperature. It's Mm. It's just sitting there. So, but what happens? How do you cook with tepid water? And the student was like, "Well, you can't. You gotta. You have to heat it up. You gotta get to boil." I said, "Well, that's what Jesus does. He takes our tepid souls and he makes them fervent. He takes that still water and he gets. Yeah, it was pure Holy Spirit. That was not. That was not a Father Sauce production at all. (laughs) (laughs) It'll taste better. I promise. (laughs) Don't forget the salt and the olive oil. You know." But I remember it was like it was pure Holy Spirit, and, and the students all got it. You know, they were like, "Oh yeah, okay, we get it." It's like the still water becoming boiling. Well, the tepid soul becomes fervent. You get that movement there. There's life, you know. And then of course the next student, prompted by the good Lord, was like, "Well, how does a fervent soul rise to great perfection?" And it's like. What is this torture? <laughs> so I was like, well, if you let the water boil long enough, what happens? It turns into the air. It goes. You know, it dissipates. And so, and that's exactly what happens with the soul. The Lord meets us where we are in the enthronement of the Sacred Heart. He meets us where we are, and a lot of times we're tepid. Mm. You know, we're struggling to survive. We just need that reason, that push. We're tepid souls, and the Lord, through His grace, through His Sacred Heart, He makes us fervent. He gives us the grace to become fervent. He gets us boiling. You know, not boiling mad, just boiling in love. You know, and then if you're already on fire. And you bring the heart of Christ into your own soul, and you actually live with his heart. Think of that image of Catherine of Siena, where she yearned so much for the union with God that Jesus actually gave her his own sacred heart. Mm. I mean, what an incredible gift. Mm. Well, what he does is, when he meets the fervent soul who opens himself up to the power and the grace and the love of his sacred heart, you become dispersed. You have an Mm. effect on the whole world. Mm. You know, Catherine of Siena's beautiful phrase if you are who you should be, you'll set the whole world ablaze. Well, that's what happens when a fervent soul opens mm-hmm. himself up to the sacred heart. All of a sudden, you are totally united. You're not just conformed. You're actually united to Jesus. And wherever he is, you are. And wherever you are, he is. And you just have this impact on everything. In such a small way, as one person, 
but you have a universal impact. A fervent soul rises incredibly high to spiritual perfection. You are totally united with the Lord. You're able to see things as he sees them, not only from the throne, which is his cross, but also you're able to survive things as he survives them, united with the Father and the heart and love. Wow. That is beautiful. Who you know, doesn't need that? I'm exhausted. Oh, I believe <laughs> it. We're not even halfway <laughs> over. <laughs> and I was thinking, you know, as we oh. talked about 12 promises, number nine, I will bless the homes in oh, which the totally. image of my sacred heart shall be exposed and honored. So it's all coming together. You you have to go from trepid, tepid to fervent. And yep. then you start to see the change within the home. Absolutely. And even change at mealtime. Right. That the family now is communicating and talking. Put away the phones. Put away the phones. Yeah. Put away the phones. And, and really enter into it. And yeah. we need grace to be able to do that because yeah. we can't do that on our own today no. with all the distractions, we the Father. Lord. We need the Lord. Well, and then sometimes people have said, you know, how fast can this happen? That peace in my family. So you know, is this going to happen like right away? And and, you know, becoming fervent and all these promises, you know, the Lord works with you, right. how cooperative you are to his graces and in his time. And sometimes it seems to get a little more difficult because yeah. because things need to be exposed. Right. He and shines his said, light in the darkness. You yeah. Know? And sometimes we don't like what we see. We don't like what we've been hiding in the darkness. And I think, you know, the other thing is uh, it. In the words of Gloria Anson, who we highlighted earlier, it's not magic. Yeah. You know, we are not pagans. Right. We are disciples. And when we open ourselves up to the Lord, what we're doing is we're opening ourselves up to his strength and his grace to persevere and survive. And that's what's important. And we're heading into this powerful season of transforming grace and beauty and love. What more could be symbolized by God's love than the infant child who just wants to be held? And, and you know, sometimes we have to, I know for Chuck and I doing our enthronement back in the eighties, we look back and we can see where our Lord, the promises made good. Yeah. But you know, you can't always see him in the midst of it, yeah. but we certainly can say, oh yes, thank you, Lord. Why didn't we do this when we were first married? <laughs> sure. You know? Yeah. Well, it made life a little easier yeah. along the way. It, but see, it happens in God's time. And that's really, you know, a lot of people, okay. we hear that all the time from people mm-hmm. who's like, well, I wanted to do that. I wanted to do that, but that's I just true. couldn't. And then all of a sudden it happened and it really is blessed mm-hmm. and ordained in God's time. And I think, you know, for this season, families naturally gravitate together mm-hmm. and there's not always peace. And for other people, this period of time brings back memories and not all those memories are blessed or good. Mm-hmm. It's like, so what better time than to bring the sacred heart into your home when we're heading into this powerful season of love and grace and, and peace healing and healing to bring the heart of Christ into our homes mm-hmm. at that moment when sometimes it's like, well, the family's going to be here, but it always ends up into like world war three mm-hmm. or the family's coming here and there's scars and there's wounds or someone says, I'm the last person of my family. And this season is particularly painful. It's like no one is alone unless they want to be. No one is alone unless they want to be. If you are yearning for the presence of another in your home or a presence of peace, this is Isaiah speaking to you. You know, prepare the way of the Lord. The Lord wants to dwell with you in your home. And it's not just about families. It's about individuals. It's about businesses. It's about schools Schools. and dorm rooms. 
We have to bring the Lord back into the world. Yep. He was born into it once. You know, and in order for him to be present in a lot of places, we who believe have to make him born again in those places. And I think as you were talking about some of the barriers, and I think as we have uh, now 80 missionaries, 40 teams, and we have the privilege of going into homes All of today, them are wonderful people. They are. They're awesome. And, you and know, now, we're, we're yes, not, we're, the as best. You, as you say, Father, we're not here to counsel. All we do is bring Jesus. Right. We just bring Jesus and say, here's the script. Here's what you need to follow, because yeah. this is what he tells us. And, you know, to lastly, people will say, what does this cost? You right. know, we're bringing <laughs> pictures, you're bringing roast. You know, we really, it costs nothing. We leave a donation envelope if you'd like to contribute, because that is how our ministry continues is through donations. But the envelopes go to the treasure. You know, we operate on God's providence and do. the principle of pay it forward. Exactly. <laughs> pay, pay and it's forward. always just been perfect and and i think as we say we come in and you expose and now it's now to continue to honor this is our once and done absolutely and i think the the word and i know that um our daughters used to be formerly jaminette is reset you know i think father it's like everything else it's for those that have enthroned and are listening to this program today just reset say okay now we are going to have family prayer now we are going to pray yeah. once a week a rosary or every night a decade. Now we are going to get the whole family to Mass. Yes. And we will get to confession. That's what our Lord really wants. I think of the beautiful words of Father Peyton. Remember when he said the family that prays together stays together? And yet you talk to parents and children, and everyone's yearning to just know that they're together. But when they're together, they want to know that everyone's attentive and together. And that's what we're asking of every disciple, you know, allow the heart of Jesus to come into your home. Welcome him, prepare the way for him, enthrone him, and then honor him by living with him. And you'll and have the best him. Christmas ever. Totally, totally. You know, as we bring to a close this first segment, meditating upon the power and the beauty of Advent and the invitation given to each one of us to bring the heart of Christ into our minds and into our own hearts and souls, our homes and where we live, we invite you to join us as we commend ourselves to the mercy of the Sacred Heart. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, we adore you, we love you, and with a lively sorrow for our sins, we offer you these poor hearts of ours. Make us humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that we may live in you and for you. Protect us in the midst of danger. Comfort us in our afflictions. Give us health of body, assistance in our temporal needs, your blessings in all that we do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. 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 The wisdom of Mother Angelica. It's so it's so hard sometimes to forget. But see, if you remember this, see this oh this old crucifix getting worn out because I hug him so much. I just kind of hold on to him. I don't even know I'm doing it half the time. See, if I remember that, then we'll be able to forgive. You'll be able to forgive because he said, Father, forgive him. They don't know what they do. See, we don't understand sometimes just what it means. Sometimes I think the worst thing is when somebody says, I'm sorry, and they don't forgive. Isn't that terrible? That's an awful cross. But if you've repented, you can always be sure that he says, if your sins be like scarlet, they shall be my white as snow. And that's what Jesus wants you, wants to give from you. 
For more information on Mother Angelica, visit Religious Catalog at EWTNRC.com. Dr. Joseph Shahadi, MD, with Neurosurgery Associates, a private practice focused on quality care and compassion. Neurosurgery Associates, online at drshahadi.com. I'm Lisa Popchak. And I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. We're the hosts of More to Life, and we're thrilled to be part of the St. Gabriel Radio family. Looking forward to taking your calls and being part of your lives. Tune in every day at 10 a.m., Monday through Friday. We look forward to talking to you. That's More to Life every weekday at 10 a.m. right here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. You probably wouldn't think of putting diapers and wipes on your Christmas wish list. But for many single moms in Central Ohio, this could be the best gift ever. Bottoms Up is collecting diapers and wipes for single mothers, and we need your help. From now through the end of the year, drop off a package of diapers or wipes at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio at 4673 Winterset Drive in Columbus and help to make this holiday season a little brighter for single moms. Visit bottomsup.life to learn more. Airtime HVAC for all your commercial and industrial HVAC needs in Central Ohio. From new construction to replacement equipment and maintenance, that's Airtime HVAC. Online at airtimehvac.com. Welcome back to the Sacred Heart Hour here on the first Friday of the month at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is Father Stosh Daly coming to you live from St. Gabriel Catholic Radio with Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Hello. Hello, Father. Joanne, would you mind letting all of our listeners know our Holy Father's intention for this month? We're going to, as we enter into this opening prayer for this uh, next segment, we'll keep in mind the intention given to us by Pope Francis. Absolutely. The Holy Father's intention for this month is that people who are involved in the service and transmission of faith may find in their dialogue with culture a language suited to the conditions of the present time. Keeping in mind our Holy Father's intention for this month of December, we invite you to join us in praying. O Lord, grant your faithful, we pray, Almighty God, the resolve to run forth to meet your Christ with righteous deeds at his coming, so that, gathered at his right hand, they may be worthy to possess the heavenly kingdom. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. That opening prayer is given to us by the church. It came from the first Sunday of Advent Mm, this past weekend. And it's such a powerful prayer because it Mm -hmm. asks our Father in heaven to give us that grace. In the beautiful words of the prayer, it says, Resolve. Give us the resolve to run forth to meet your Christ. A powerful reminder that we do have to exhibit some energy here mm-hmm. in this effort. You know, we have to run towards the Lord. We can't just lay down and let the Lord do everything upon us, but we have to actually want to meet him, run forth to meet and greet him. And in this season of Advent, we have this beautiful opportunity, in the words of the prophet Isaiah, to prepare for the coming of the Lord, to prepare the way of the Lord, to be like St. John the Baptist, the cousin of our beloved Savior Jesus, you know, who announces the coming of the Lord, make way the way of the Lord, the path of the Lord. And in this uh, season of Advent, we are absolutely filled with so many beautiful opportunities for prayer, not the least of which is today, the first Friday of the month dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the first Friday of every month dedicated to the Sacred Heart. 
But then we head into tomorrow, the great High Holy Feast Day, the Immaculate Conception mm. of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Please keep in mind that our celebration of the Immaculate Conception uh, pertains to the conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary, not of the Lord Jesus Christ. We remember and celebrate the conception of Jesus on March 25th when we celebrate the Annunciation. Tomorrow, we celebrate the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Chuck and Joanne, you know, the, when we celebrate the Immaculate Conception, uh, it's kind of like in history, you know, when uh, President Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation. When he issued that document laying out the reality of freedom for everyone, it didn't necessarily mean that immediately everyone was free. There were people who rebelled against it. There were people who fought it, disagreed with it. The Immaculate Conception is the same principle. God issues a change in reality. He makes a bold statement. This little girl is conceived without any sin. She's totally free, totally immaculate. She is the Immaculata as a child within the womb of her mother, Anne. It's a statement made by God that sin will no longer have dominion, that slavery will no longer be uh, the rule of the land. And it takes time for that statement to then be known by people. It takes time for people to come to know the significance of Our Lady, the statement that God makes by creating Mary without sin. That statement isn't fully appreciated, though, until the liberty is at hand. The liberty is Christ, her son. We meet Jesus. Jesus liberates us. We bring his sacred heart into our homes, and oftentimes there's a struggle, as we said earlier. There's a wrestling match. God wants us to be set free, but he has to free us from the chains of slavery to sin and darkness and despair. And as we are set free, we realize, wait a minute, the first statement of our freedom was made when God created Mary without sin. You know, this is so important to explain, Father, especially for our non-Catholic brothers and sisters that don't have a a really understanding of the Immaculate Conception or of our Mother Mary. I heard um, some time ago, and this was so awesome, I, I just meditate on this, that as science is understanding more the development of a person, that very early on in conception, the woman, the the female, has this cell for all the eggs that she will ever have in her life. Oh, wow. So if you think about the humanity of Jesus was there. Right. At, at the tiniest little yeah. beginning of the Blessed Mother in her, you know, in the womb of St. Anne. It's so awesome. Oh, of totally. course yeah. she's as immaculate. Yeah. And this is why she's got the title, the new Eve. Yeah. You know, from the first Eve, there entered sin and death. But with the new Eve, there enters grace and freedom, which is our Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, it really, I'm... The, my Polish-Irish, you know, Stosh Daily comes yeah, out fighting, so you know. So, <laughs> yeah, made in America, surely. Made in America, Polish. you know. Oh. And it's like, you know, uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary, I mean, that is, for me, she is the, she's it. You yeah. Know? And she is the way, she is the source of love. And whenever I meet somebody and uh, they have questions of Our Lady, it really gets the passion going. Yeah. Likewise, if I run into somebody who, in their ignorance, attacks Our Lady... The passion really, really gets going. I you know, love it's when like, you call her our queen. You know, our, she is our mother our queen. and queen. Absolutely. In the words of Saint Therese, she's our mother and our queen, but she is more mother than queen. Yeah. Because her maternity is what leads us into our queenship. But you know, 
in, a, in these days where we need the sacred heart of Jesus, where we need the Lord Jesus Christ, and we show up at someone's home with the sacred heart, a lot of times people say, well, why do you have an image of Our Lady? Mm. It's like because of the Immaculate Conception. A large statue. Well, why, why do you have Our Lady of Fatima? Why do you have the Immaculate Heart of Mary? I mean, what significance is it? You know, I, I, I know she's the mother. I know I'm supposed to have a relationship with her. But why do we have all of this, these days of prayer for Our Lady, Immaculate Conception, the Assumption, the Visitation? And it's like, well, let's go back to Scripture here. Hmm. Let's go back to the words of God himself as he inspired Scripture. Does not the Archangel Gabriel say, Hail Mary, full of grace? Right there, that's the phrase in Luke's Gospel, full of grace. There was never a moment where she was lacking in God's grace. There was never a moment where she was she had even the tiniest degree of absence of God's grace. She was always full and filled with grace. And people say, well, if she was full of grace from the earliest moment, did that mean she was actually free to say yes? Or did somehow God kind of mold and shape her to be automatically a participant? And the reality is, you know, as Americans, we love freedom. We love, love, love freedom. We get mixed up sometimes what it really is. But we don't know what freedom <laughs> is. We, it's like, don't take away my freedom. Well, what is freedom? Well, I don't know, but just don't take it away. You know, <laughs> Freedom is not the ability to do what you want to do. It's the ability mm-hmm. to do what you ought to do, to choose the good. And when you say Mary is filled with grace, it means she was totally, completely enabled to choose the good. There was no moment of delay, no moment of doubt. She did ask, how could this be? But that's not asked in a disposition of doubt or dismay, but rather, I know not the details, but right, I am going to choose. I'm going to ask a question that Here we go. people ask. <laughs> <laughs> what about Eve? Was she also full of grace before original sin, and yet she did not choose God? That's a very good question. So a couple of things to keep in mind. Eve was never conceived. Ah, so we would never use the same terminology mm-hmm. to describe Eve the way we do Our Lady. Eve was not conceived. She was just mm. created from okay. Adam. And since she was created from Adam, we can automatically understand the poor soul was limited. You know? uh. I mean, we know what men are like. So you can see if huh. poor Eve was created by Adam's side, it's like, well, that poor thing. I mean, But she you know, didn't have original sin. No, no, because they were c- completed. They were created with this total openness, this total union with God. And that's mm-hmm. the tragedy of original mm-hmm. sin. And that also shows, you know, if they were created in that union with God and they were living in the blissful union with Mm -hmm. the Most High, that shows the tragedy of the original sin. Mm -hmm. It also shows how much everything fell. You know, I think uh, in the warm summer days, of which we're not in right now, (laughs) and you look out at like the birds and the butterflies, and you think, these creatures have to die because of original sin. It's not just us. It's everything. It's creation. Everything is affected by original sin. And that shows the greatness and the power of the Father when he enters into creation and creates Mary without sin, totally without sin. It shows he is single-handedly reversing the effects of original sin. He's not going to allow us to fall farther away from him. And he creates Mary without sin so as to prepare the Ark of the Covenant, as we call her, to prepare a place where Christ, his son, will dwell and absorb all of his humanity from her. And, you know, we bring these images of the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart, and a lot of people say, what's beautiful is there's a resemblance between Mary and Mm. Jesus. And it's like, well, she is the mother, and he is the son, and he received everything from Mm. her. So there would have been a striking resemblance in Mm. his face to her face. Mm. And it's powerful to keep in mind, it's not just logical theological explanation that leads us to understand how Jesus would want his mother to come straight to heaven because she never sinned. So why would she have to die? 
Well, it's also the extreme affection this son, who is God, mm. has for his mother, who is perfectly and totally human. She Not only has she never sinned, but she is totally open to grace, the life of God. And the affection is not only by logic, but it's also by love. And you could even see it in the resemblance of their face. You know, the face he has, true God, true man, Jesus walking on the face of the earth, his face is her face. Wow. His eye color is is her eye color. You know, his features are her features. We need to be, as Catholics, we need to be able to explain that probably a little more simply, Father, you know. (laughs) What? (laughs) I dumbed that down. What are you talking about? (laughs) He might have to dumb it down a little more. That's why I'm so exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) It's like not even nine o'clock. I'm tired. I'm throwing in the towel. (laughs) But, you know, that is... That is so beautiful, and it makes so much sense. Well, don't start crying, because we still have like 15 minutes of the show left. (laughs) Well, again, with any questions, if you're interested in the enthronement, to know more about the enthronement, certainly feel free to call 614-459-4820 or sacredheartcolumbus.org. And I think as we talk about this month, we're really talking about preparing the way to our Lord and how what's amazing to me, Father, is the calendar. Absolutely. The church calendar Mm. puts together so rich. Even today with Ambrose. Yes. And who did he mentor? Right. The powerful Saint Augustine. Yeah. I mean, so we are all called to re receive the graces so we can share the graces and the truth with others. And Ambrose is really if you love to read if you love the history of the church, uh, search St. Ambrose. Some of his writings are so powerful and beautiful. Mm. And like you mentioned, Chuck, the way he he had a beautiful and powerful gift of preaching. Uh, Incredible. In fact, when I was growing up at St. Patrick's, the pastor at the time was Father Ambrose Eckinger. Mm. And I never knew, I thought Father Ambrose as a little boy was the Ambrose. (laughs) (laughs) Because Father Ambrose was so incredible at preaching. Mm. Well, actually, all the Dominican friars were incredible at preaching. But when he would preach, it's just like the whole church just became engulfed in his passion. And later on, I realized, you know, starting getting into the writings of his patron saint, his name, St. Ambrose, you know, St. Ambrose in some of his uh, reflections on Scripture, especially the one about the passion, he writes... When it comes to the passion of our Lord on the cross and Our Lady, I have read that she stood, but I have not read that she wept. And those words, you know, periodically like haunt me, especially in, the, in Holy Week and especially preparing for the birth of Christ. She, Ambrose goes back to John's gospel and he reads all of them and he says, the evangelists are quite clear. They say, Mary stood at the foot of the cross. But no one writes that she wept. Why would that be, Father? Well, he highlights they're exhibiting her strength. Within maternity, there's this incredible strength. In the face of suffering and evil, we must be strong because we have hope. Hope gives us strength. If we have hope in Christ, you automatically have this strength to stand, to persevere. And he kind of alludes to the fact that the evangelists don't say anything about her weeping because that's something, that's something private. That's something she does without the people needing to write about. And that's so powerful because in today's world, we're always publicizing everything about anything. You know, well, I just ate tuna and I'm going to share that with the world. Well, why don't you keep that to yourself? You know, we don't need to know what you <laughs> ate. You know, keep that to yourself. But Ambrose, he goes into the details of scripture and makes them so powerfully beautiful and evident 
to help us prepare for the coming of Jesus. And Augustine heard him preach. Augustine, you know, was just totally moved, converted, brought his heart back to Jesus. And Augustine, of course, is one of the beautiful saints of the Sacred Heart, highlighting over and over again about how, you know, our hearts, our hearts are restless until they rest in you, O Lord. So the power and the beauty of Augustine goes back to his spiritual father, Ambrose. And this month gives us opportunity. Yesterday we celebrated St. Nicholas. Nicholas, a beautiful bishop of Mira, um, who loved people. You know, he loved the Lord, and because he loved the Lord, he loved people. Looking ahead, we've got someone beautiful like St. Juan Diego, a man who was a worker, who was concerned about his uncle, concerned about his family. He was trying to take care of all of his duties and tasks. A and what happens? Man. A simple man. He's trying to get everything done. And what happens? Our Lady appears to him. Our Lady of Guadalupe. And she not only appears to him, but she appears to him as the virgin who is pregnant. And not just pregnant, but very near delivering her child. And you can see that in the way her garments are laid out. So in this month of December, the church has given us all of these treasures to consider how right now, this present moment is the time to open ourselves up to the Lord. It doesn't matter if you are a priest, a bishop, or a man who is just trying to take care of his family, a sick uncle, a dying relative, and keep your job. The Lord has come for you. And sometimes to open up to this, we have to close ourselves to some of the other voices. Oh, Like, you know, turn off the television. And, you know, when you're driving, we always say during Lent, just keep it on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. But what about Advent? Make that also one of your Advent, you know, promises to God that you are going to allow the voice of our Lord to come in. And to listen. And then silence. So powerful. Have silence. Because when can you listen with all the noise? <laughs> silence is the language of God, you know, as we learn. And, and that way, when we do speak, we make sure that our words communicate the presence of the Lord. You know, but the way we have to know his presence mm-hmm. and his language is by first spending time with him in adoration and before his heart. And I think as we prepare for Christmas, Father, we're really, all of us are being challenged to reclaim it because we're not going to see it in the stores today. And I know you and I have not visited the stores yet. So <laughs> I'm Joanne, allergic to them. Jo- Joanne could give us an eye report. <laughs> Only oh. in more in the fall, in the summer. <laughs> but anyway. Time for confession. No, actually, <laughs> I, actually, I purposely sometimes in a store where there's nothing Christian say, where, where's Jesus? Where This is about Christmas, the real Christmas. And they always get a little nervous. The salesperson starts, eyes start darting around for an angel or something. And uh, really, I think it, it, the worst is this year. I can't even find many angels. Yeah. So, but you can bring Christ. Make him present. You can bring Christ. And when they say happy holiday, you can say, oh, our holiday is Christmas. Mm-hmm. We're celebrating Jesus. And to take a moment to say those words brings Jesus into the moment. And, you know, I really challenge you out there to bring Jesus. It's not keeping Christ in Christmas. Christ is Christmas. It's exactly true. Yep. So as we look at the time of the year and preparation fathers talked about on session one, preparing for the way of the Lord, that's what the enthronement is about. We're preparing for Jesus. We're enthroning Jesus, you are enthroning Jesus. It only takes an hour, hour for the preparation phase, and then a week later we come in for the enthronement phase. 
We witnessed both of those. And in between that seven days, we're asking you, like Advent, to prepare your house. And just do your best. And just do your best, as Joanne said, but prepare your house. And then once you have the enthronement, we're asking you, it can't stop then, continue to honor our Lord. And one way to honor him is be at Mass tomorrow. Right, Father? Sure. What's a holy day of obligation? Holy day of obligation, and, attend and, the Mass. And I'm not yeah. sure a lot of people realize that. I know. Yeah. And then for Christmas, yeah. go to Mass first. Right. Set your hearts on Christ and then go home and celebrate the gifts. And you know, one of the things is, if you don't have one, look for the Christmas scene, or the crash, mm-hmm. the crib. And sometimes they can be quite out of our price range. But begin with Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Begin with just the simple scene. You know, we get mm-hmm. so focused on the beauty of the Christmas tree and making sure the house is decorated. Mm-hmm. But then you walk into a Christian home, saying, oh, here he goes. He shows up every time. Francis of Assisi. St. Francis of Assisi brought us the nativity the first time. See those Franciscans? They work their way into every program. We've got one sitting over here, of course. But Francis worked so hard to reignite the passion for the incarnation and the nativity. And in Assisi, you know, he made a public display of the Christmas scene, the nativity. And in our homes, we've got such a beautiful privilege to have that scene, you know, the Christmas crib. We do. And the crash, you know, and to just understand, you know, the manger, which is really powerful because when you consider the manger, the crash, the crib, you know, in Italy, when someone wants you to eat, what do they say? Manja. <laughs> it's, it's related to the same root word as manger, the place where you would go to eat, the trough. And that's where Christ is laid. And when you go into a home and you see the Christmas scene, you know, think of how unrealistic it is. I mean, seriously, you've got Joseph standing on one side, the Blessed Virgin's kneeling on another, and then Jesus laying in a crib. I have never seen parents of a newborn child keep that much distance from their newborn child. Mm. They don't just stand afar and watch the little one roll around in hay, first of all. But the reason why that depiction is given to us is so that there's space for us to become close to Jesus. Oh, I never thought about that. You know, if, if we depict the scene as it really was, yeah. Mary would have been holding that baby close. Think about how we would not be able to get close to him. Because the mother would keep the baby close. But Francis gives us this depiction of the first Christmas, the first scene. And he purposely gives us the space so that we can get close to Jesus. Mary and Joseph stand afar so that we can be close to the Christ child. Take advantage of that. Wow. Not only in your home and having the little scene present, but in the Eucharist. Don't let anyone come between you and Jesus in the Eucharist. Draw close to him. Stay close to him. Love him. Embrace him. Bring his heart into your home. The Lord has truly, in this Advent season, join us in admitting the beautiful truth. The Lord has given himself to each one of us so that he can live with us in our homes, in his heart. Now, the cow and the donkey. There's a reason why it's a cow and a donkey. Yeah, they represent most of us. <laughs> <laughs> We're less like Joseph and Mary, and we're more like the cow and the donkey. Now, now I heard that the cow was because of the golden calf, that the cow is in in adoration, and the donkey is, you know, what our Lord rode. Yes, yeah, they foreshadow foreshadow. what he fights and Uh what he uses. Oh, I've never heard it quite like that. That's good. He fights idolatry, Uh and he uses the simplest of creatures to make his kingdom known. Oh, now, I would like to give credit to the Holy Spirit because 
That's uh, that good. just came out to play. So there we go. <laughs> you know, also, it's an opportunity for family to really have the Advent wreath. Absolutely. With the four yes. candles. Oh, yeah. And I was pondering that this morning. I had the op- Joey and I had the opportunity going to Mass, which is First Friday. And I, I think we really have to really get into First Friday, but not today. Why it's so important. But I was thinking, as you light the candle each week and add another candle... It gets brighter and brighter. Mm-hmm. And that's oh, what we yeah. want More within candles. our homes yep. is yeah. that anticipation even gets greater. And uh, so, you know, there are little there are things that we should be doing during Advent. The Advent reef, family prayer, having the crib there. And I, I was thinking our Lord came first in the family. Yes, Absolutely. That's why we have the enthronement to the family. Yeah. Second was the church. Yep. But it was the family first, and he knew all along that we would need his sacred heart to survive yeah. life, to survive the marriage and all the trials and tribulations. And protection. Absolutely. And for those out there, just do it, as Nike says. Just do it. <laughs> and I know, Father, you were a soccer player. Did was, you have yeah. that theme, just do it? Well, yes, that was going out and the swoosh was coming in. And since I'm a man of words, I preferred to hold on to the words. I, I refused to walk around the soccer field saying, swoosh. <laughs> but yes, you know, we are people. And this is the beautiful thing of our holy Catholic faith. Our faith gives us so much to consider and to guide and aid us along the way of life. It could be the wreath. It could be the crib. It could be the seasons. It could be the holidays. It could be the holy days. It could be the sacramentals. It could be the crucifix. And they fill the you. Heart. They fill you with true Absolutely. grace and blessing. You know, don't, don't let life. Christmas be hijacked by, you know, Walt Disney or the Grinch. You know, keep it, keep focused on Jesus. Jesus. Absolutely. Let the Lord be Lord and let yeah. him be God. As we bring to a close this beautiful and grace-filled hour dedicated to the Sacred Heart on this first Friday here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we invite you to renew our own covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ. Dear Sacred Heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart and to the most immaculate heart of your mother. May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive us our sins. Teach us to see you and the members of our family and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them, especially the poor and oppressed, that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Help us to carry our cross daily out of love for you, and help us to strengthen this love by frequent participation in the celebration of the Eucharist. Thank you, dear Jesus, for all the blessings of this day. Protect us and all families during this season, and help us to live that we might get to heaven. Amen. 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 And again, maybe think about the enthronement. Consider enthroning your home to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And as Father has said for the last hour, this Christian ceremony is when a family welcomes Christ as King, Savior, and Friend in your heart and home. What about and the all, website? All homes need it. And the website is sacredheartcolumbus.org, sacredheartcolumbus.org. But thank you for listening. And think about resetting your home to be ready to go now, preparing for Christmas. And we need that time, the preparation. But call in or go on our website, and everybody, our hope is for every home to be enthroned to Jesus so we can be become the light of the world.